0: buzz babies we are back for another episode and this week i've got a zoop rock star in the house nick patera is here uh jonathan hickman couldn't make it but nick showed up which is just as fun it's perfect no i'm just kidding nick is here to talk about his new book axe wielder john which is taking the nerd world by storm it is slaughtering the competition literally with axes tiny pieces bloods flying everywhere creators are crying because no one's ever made this much money before but nick is killing it on zoop and he's here to talk about this awesome new comic with i got a chance to read and folks it is worth every fucking penny nick how you doing tonight bud i'm
1: doing really good man i love the energy (laughs) and uh i'll put it i'll put a good word in uh with hickman for you to get his ass on the show so
0: (laughs) that's i i interviewed uh steve orlando before his uh x-men run started and steve was like hey man like this was fun like for real if, if if you like you know want help getting any of the x team on and i was like get me hickman he was like okay anybody else but Uh, hickman's a hard get he's like kind of he's like the anti-me
1: i'm like (laughs) trying to promote things as much as possible and like at, at at comic book shows, I'll be down at the bar buying rounds of drinks. And then Hickman's like up in his room, watching soccer. He doesn't ever come down. He doesn't, he's a, not a social, I mean, he's, he's very sociable, but
0: he doesn't really mingle a whole lot. So,
1: but Hey, you know you... what? I'll, uh, I'll tell him, uh, I'll tell
0: him, uh, Blake needs you. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, but uh, so I, I kind of was thinking, cause so is this, uh, is John your first go on like you're doing everything. You just you just said, like, fuck it. I'm going to do this whole project myself and and nail every aspect of it. Um, yeah,
1: I'm writing, drawing. And uh, that's the first thing I'm writing, like, full scripts on. I've, I've doodled some stuff out in my uh, notebooks and such. And I've, uh, you know, plotted some stuff out. I pitched a couple things to the to DC and stuff but nothing really came to fruition. Some of that stuff I plotted out pretty heavy and was a pretty tight story. But this is the first thing where I said, I'm not asking anyone for permission. I'm going to do this all myself. I'll fund it all myself. I found the editor that I wanted to work with the colors I wanted to work with. They're all big two guys. Eyes are nominated guys. And I said, I, you know, I I mean, I asked my wife first, but I said, I'll just pay these guys to work for me. And uh, I'll make this book happen no matter what I'm tired of asking for permission. So Wilder John is my writer artist debut and uh, kind of bet on myself for the last year and a half while you know, drawing these pages really oversized and highly detailed with lots of gore and lots of fun. So yeah, the
0: debt, tons of gore, tons of fun, just all and and it's written well like the dialogue's like real snappy and funny uh frank and and bloodbath like I, all frank day and bloodbath all day dude i i want like i kept like i kept being like what's john up to but also like and then and then john's fighting and then i'm like I, what are these guys that like i was torn over like who i wanted like to <laughs> hang out with like I, you know and the, their scenes are so great uh and then you know I, i'll be careful not to spoil anything but like the the twist right like the yeah. the the, uh, the the frank twist um and then the the john twist with the you know when we find out why he loves this his, his skull so much and stuff man is really strong story beats uh structured very well it, it flows great the action's great i was it's because it's funny because i was reading some uh manhattan projects uh knowing that you know we were going to chat and i've always dug that comic and i was kind of r- refreshing it and i noticed like i remember like these panels are so busy right there like there's some parts where you, you you draw like 30 40 you know uh anthropomorphic soldiers or robot things or, or floating brains and and i always hear you know artists like you know joke around but when they get the script that's like oh yeah 40 bad guys storm the castle you got to draw each one of them and they're and you're like I oh, fuck my life and then but then you do it to yourself with john yeah. so do you do, do you like like does do you like those kinds of of K, like that kind of chaos on your pages. Cause you put a lot of detail work into it. You don't like it, it, it's, there's no bland imagery. Like if you draw a lot of figures, they're fully fleshed out and look good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I always hate when artists like kind of like start mailing it in after like that first tier of bad guys. And you start getting the heads and the little smiley faces and they kind of fall apart. I really wanted to design them and feel like a horde of guys coming from them. But you mentioned like the plotting and the pacing of the story. And I'm happy you did because I really worked on that, man, like uh, every character, even characters that don't have a twist yet in book one, there's there. They've got stories that pay off later. The side characters. Uh, You mentioned Frank and John. John's more than just a barbarian. There's other I mean, he is one, but there's other elements. But I I read so many books on writing. My wife has got a great agent. She's a writer. Obviously, I'm friends with Hickman and ran stuff by him. And, man, I'm obsessed with storytelling. So, uh, And then with working on Manhattan Projects, we worked marble styles. So a lot of those I get like a text or something from Hickman or a block of a paragraph. And I would have to plot it all out and kind of draw all the stuff out. And I started realizing that if I can find some good anchor points and some good twists, I can like introduce some one thing in in five pages in 15 pages, come back and turn that on its head. And I kind of got the whole thing for actually five volumes plotted out all the way to the very end. I know the ending of the book and everything. So, so then it was like this big play on, can I, how tricky can I be? Because I know that people know me as this detailed guy and this kind of silly guy, but can I show them that I can actually plot and write stuff out? And I knew I could, but I, I had never done it, you know? So then the, 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 the scariest part is putting yourself out on that limb where it's like, okay, I've told myself I can do this. Now I've got to do it. And then I actually don't know how readers absorb the thing. Like I actually love the Frank and Bloodbath dialogue. It's actually the most writing that I had to do. And I love their back and forth and and that. But then like, are people getting that it's kind of like, you know, this this green construction worker and this other guy? They're executioners, but I was really modeling after my father and, you know, working construction and whatnot. So it's kind of like this one retired construction worker on his last day or about to retire is bringing in his replacement and they're, you know, going back and forth. And with him bringing in his replacement, he gives give you a lot of exposition about the castle without, you know, if it was two guys that have been there forever, they wouldn't be talking about this stuff, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like a way to convey the secretly convey the information to the reader the exposition so for me writing is always like get the exposition the information you need then how this is the information of the world i need to set up some scenes to make sure the readers get that in an organic way because i really hate exposition and dialogue you know um so yeah it was a it's been a fun process and uh and i i really studied story as much as i could and I don't know if I'm a good writer or not, but I know that I'm a, a, a miserable to watch movies with and stuff. Cause I paused it and I'm like, well, if they would have moved this over there. Then th- this would have hit, you know, my wife hates me. So like we talk about, you know, movies take like five hours to get through a movie with me because we're like on the editorial floor all the time. So,
0: Oh, that's funny. Well, I, I guess, yes, you are a good writer. Axe uh, Wilder. John is, is awesome. It's, it's so like, like I said, and, and I totally picked up the, the trainee, like the guy getting ready to retire. It, it, We've seen that in, in 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 lots of sitcoms, like that scenario play out. but this using it in in like a, a fantasy, um, you know, in a fantasy graphic novel, to lay out elements of the world and world build like that was really smart i'm a big fan of of world or, like you know organic world building and when you don't feel you don't want to feel like tired you know you don't want people to like read your stuff and, and feel exhausted and be like hey, can we just get back to the splash pages like you got a story to tell. Yeah. like I, I can tell like john is important to you like he's 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 cool you're excited this is like a new world and 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 like you mentioned like this is your first you're writing full scripts this is like a big deal for you and it's apparently a big deal for the fucking world too because you're over you're, you're there's so much money involved in this camp it, i think it's it's got to be one of the top if not the top number two zoop campaigns right Since the- yeah i
1: mean i mean when we're set when all said and done we're gonna crush the number one zoop campaign which i don't even want to beat because it's john paul leon the late john That's paul leon's his, artist, his edition. artist
0: edition yeah and his is
1: like was 197 and we're at 150 151 right now but we haven't done the big art drop yet, and right now my art rep, Felix Comic Art, who's amazing, shout out to him, he's averaging like $1,000 a page, and we got like 35, 40 pages left to drop. Wow. So if we add that to the total with our last two week total we're we're going to be getting close to that 200k mark so i'm excited about it man and just rolling the dice with zoop was a big gamble because i've said this in a few other interviews but like after i'd already kind of verbally committed but not signed anything with zoop kickstarter saw the art online and then they had their head of publishing reach out and their one of their head marketing people reach out and we had a big zoom powwow and they pretty much met, said they would give me the featured spot on kickstarter so when you open the page Axel or John's there. And that's, that spot is such a great spot. You know, uh, that's a, that's a six figure spot all day. I mean, uh, yeah, six. Yeah. It's a, it's a hundred K plus spot, no matter what book it is. So I was like, Oh God, now, now I was like, now I got to see if I'm a man of my word or not. I went back to Zoop and I was like, look guys, they offered me this, but I told them nah, I'm sticking with Zoop. So you guys better make this happen. They're like, Oh, we'll, we'll make it happen nick so i'm happy i stuck with them and uh something they did too like i'm rolling in my art sales and if it was on kickstarter i would have to sell i would have to put them on their page but with zoop if you're a creator you can actually say okay i need you working in tandem with this third party to sell my toys i need you working with this third party my art rep to sell my art and you can actually get more out of it because if i got an art rep hustling on the art market. Zoop really can't do that, right? And I know my art mart rep would do a better job. Well, if they can work in tandem and add all this to the total, then I just know I'm I've got more people on the ground working different things. The toy company guy, this guy, he's reaching out to his mailing list to let him know about the campaign, maybe guys that buy the toy, now buy the book. And I kind of knew that plotting it all out before I started because I had a year and a half to plan. And a, a big secret was I always knew I was going to crowdfund it and I knew I was gonna draw the heck out of it. an example is with Axewood or John, I'll actually show you here every panel in a comic book is usually on 11 by 17 board. But on this, like every, I mean, every page is an 11 by 17 board with panels on it. But on Axlodd or John, I'm drawing every, I'm drawing every panel on its own 11 by 17 board. So all, so wow. the average page is like 33 by 17. So what I did was I was like, I'm going to draw the heck out of this and I'm going to keep showing it online for like a year. And I just kept showing more and more and more. And what I think that does for the average person, they, they want to know what it is. They're getting excited about it. They know so much of it is done. You know, they're like, oh God, This thing's like 75, 80% done. It's not like a regular Kickstarter where you're, where you know, they're showing five sample pages. And so I just kept funding it and kept making it. And I wasn't, I was, I was trying to get it all done before we launched. I'm hoping to get it done by the end. You know, I've got, like, I got some more pages to scan. The last one I sent you probably had like 15 pages I need to finish. There's actually about 10. So I'm, I'm pushing to get it all done. And we got the colors working and the letterer working and we're, we're trying to make it happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. And uh, all of it was really methodical, you know, in a sense, like uh, I've been planning it and thinking about it in my head for a year and a half, how this would go. But then when the day came to launch, you're just like, oh, God, did I not, why did I go with Kickstarter? What, what am I going to fucking do if this doesn't work? <laughs> you know what I mean? My wife's like, oh, God. And then people are trying to calm me down. I'm like, OK, OK, let's roll the dice. And then sure enough, man, uh, all the moving parts kind of took off. Um, we had a, a really big thing. If you're a crowdfunding person is building up that email list. And on Kickstarter, you only get a month to build it. But on um, with Zoop, I asked them if they'd open it in January. So I've been building that email list up and we had 500, 600 emails ready to go. And that's actually the biggest indicator of your success is how many emails you can get. Not, not all of them buy, maybe 40 or 50%, mm-hmm. but it, but it like kind of starts pushing the, the snowball downhill early uh, if you can get you know, 50% of those people to buy and then it's like then, then be, you become a salesman like i need to make trading cards. i need to make this i need to make this like i need to make a toy you're trying to figure out things to sell because you, you know you know what i mean get the average It just sounds terrible, but to get the average price per customer up, right? Like, that's Mm. a big, that's a big thing too. So I'm learning about a lot of this business stuff right now. And I'm about to learn more because we've got a a pretty great publisher that offered me my own line to to have more crowdfunded books that I oversee. And uh, so, yeah, it could could be a really cool thing going forward.
0: Wow, man. So like this. I mean, already you're, you're in a good spot in comic books, right? I mean, like people know your name, people love your art. You've worked with some real talented folk and like, but now this is just, not only is it like doing well financially, but like opening doors and setting up future projects. Like that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Like my, uh, I launched Felix comic art with a guy named Felix and we've got like all these great modern artists now, but I was, there's always a guy that has to go first and he came up to me and he was not an art rep, but I liked his idea for what the market could be for his, I liked his collecting taste. I liked the way he ran, just carried himself. And I was like, you know, you're, you know, more than most people you ever think about repping? And he's like, yeah, actually I do. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then I left my other rep and I went with him with nobody. But then I started telling some of my friends like James Heron or Trad Moore, some of the guys with Felix. Now I'm like, you guys draw better than me, but I make way more money than you. So, <laughs> something, so something's off here. You guys are going to come, you guys going to come over or what? And that started winning people over. And, uh, you know, I don't own anything at Felix comic art, but having James Jean and Paul Pope now, and some of these big guys and you're associated with them, kind of like rising tide, uh, rises all boats. And so now my, My pages are going for more because I didn't ask for any. I didn't say, give me 5% of somebody's stuff if I bring them over. Same thing with this Karoshi Comics thing, the brand I'm publishing uh, Wilder under. I'm going to let everyone just use my email list. I'm going to say, look, I started with zero emails. You could start with a thousand or we've got, we've got probably got, we'll have, we'll probably finish with 13 or 1400 customers. I'll say, come use my customer base. I've already got soft cover distribution lined up at another big publisher. And all you got to do is show up and do it, you know? And then, and then they'll say, well, what do you want? And I was like, I just want your book next to mine, so mine will sell sell even more too. You know what I mean? <laughs> just don't ask for anything, and then see what happens. You know.
0: Have Have bigger publishers come knocking yet? Um,
1: yeah, though there's a publisher. I can't speak the details, but yeah, there's a publisher that has a Penguin Random House distribution. And so I have this idea of the future of comic book publishing being because we're all we have the power, the creatives have the power, but the creatives have to go to these publishers and these editors and say, can I make your book? Can I make your book? I'm like, man, I I know more about comics. I live it every day than most people that I'm asking to work for. They're younger than me. I just don't. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I don't like some of their I don't like some of their decision making, their short sightedness. And so for me, I'm like, well, if all of us are individual entities and they're hiring people based on their social media presence or their personalities or whatever these days, because they're trying to turn a buck, well, then we have all the power. So if we... If I go and I can run a, a crowdfunding campaign and break $200,000 or $150,000, now i brought a specialty item, like a hardcover with all these extras to market. One thing I really need is like to get it in all the bookstores around the world. So I had a publisher reach out that has great distribution and they I said, okay, well, if you want me to come with you, I want my own line. So I have all my friends come on board. Are you willing to do that? You know, X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C and right now we're we're going back and forth and discussing it so i'm going to i'm going to look at all my options but i'm definitely there's going to be a home for axel or somewhere after the campaign i don't know what capacity and i'll i'll just tell you like the net people at netflix saw it already and they they had me send over that that rough copy that you read so it's kind of <laughs> cool you know like i've had yeah. I mean, like they'll probably tell me you know it's terrible. Well, right after they asked for it, they had that big media cut at Netflix. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's terrible timing, but, but I, don't, I mean, it's still cool, you know? And uh, so it's getting a lot of stuff and uh, someone who reached a couple of big, really, really big people reached out that were really cool. Like Mark, Mark Miller messaged me a bunch of money signs the other day. Mar- I call him Mark Millar, <laughs> but and I love Mark Millar's stuff, man. He's the reason why I got into comics on the authority with quietly and stuff that kind of, yeah. that came out when I was in high school and I was like, man, comics are awesome. But he messaged me a bunch of money signs and like, you want to work together? And I'm like, man, I'm going to make this book first, but maybe down the line. So it's kind of cool. You know, I'm getting some recognition for the art. And most people haven't read the story. So I'm really pumped or I'm really tickled when I hear someone like you gets to read it. Because I don't have that many people getting to read it, you know. And they can see that. Well, Hopefully you, you notice this, that everything's kind of a mask. Like you're going to get your gore and you're going to get your stuff, but there's something behind it. You're going to mm. get your silliness, but there's something behind it. And then hopefully you like these characters because I'm gonna make every one of these motherfuckers kill each other by the end of this book. You know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you love them all, and then you're gonna watch me chop. You're gonna watch me chop oh, pieces no. and break your heart. Yeah. So you better not have a favorite because uh, I promise you, very few people survive by the end of this journey.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's so good. I'm so pumped to see like a finished product because that the uh, what we're we, we have the oversized hardcover, right? Like that's that's your that's the main buy on on Zip yeah, right yeah, now.
1: So, that, that Yeah, that's 108 pages. We've got a bunch of pinups. We're gonna have some process stuff. I'm adding, I'll just tell you, we, we got Das Pastoras painting a six page epilogue. I got two other artists lined up to do two other short stories. So it's about 120 something pages oh, without cool. the extras. I, I could potentially extend it, uh, but you know the printing costs get crazy the more yeah. the page count goes up. So right now we're calling it 148. It won't be any smaller than 148. Um, and so I'm about you know 90% done drawing it. We got 42 pages of colors that have to be colored in the next two months. So we got another two months, and now I'm bringing in another colorist to help out Mike because Mike is uh, you know my stuff is so detailed that it's just killing him right now. But we got like a hard we got a hard d- date with the printer August 1st. So everything's going to be done and finished by August 1st so we can get this out on time and get it in reader's hands by October, late October, early November is the current schedule. Uh, And I think we'll make that deadline. Overseas printing was cheaper, but the shipping was way crazier with the freight backup and stuff. So we went with a Canadian printer, cost a little more money, but, but we really want to get this out and reach hands in time, you know, plus I want it out this year so I can be like, can nominate for an Eisner for the best crowdfunded book. You know what I
0: mean?
1: <laughs> I Winning mean yeah, it this it's,
0: time. yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, it would be an easy, an easy nomination and, and an easy vote. Uh, cause it's so, so it's so impressive and your, I, your art I think is this uh, this is a different uh, it's your style right it's got your style this is where you're gonna learn that your podcast host is not good at talking about art but like you're you have this very like awesome and fun and and wild style right that gets like gruesome but also conveys a lot of emotion which you kind of teased earlier because it's like it's silly and it's violent but there's a big emotional impact that we get throughout this narrative that that really changes the story and and what's to come uh again like kudos to your storytelling and sorry listeners like like, I can't I won't spoil this for you and if you're just going to have to go back it like the 1500 other people that did and and mm-hmm. just you know put the money down it'll be worth it but any anyway like your your other stuff has has also been like uh like Manhattan projects was but it was a little more human even but I guess I mean even with the aliens and stuff but like this is just it's so full of monsters and craziness and it's just a different it's a different world that you've built and created and and drafted and, and drawn yourself. Right. Which is just, that's so cool, dude. Like, I mean the, to, to come out, it's like swinging on, on your first scripted and drawn project and like having these kind of pages and these story beats show up and, and like, And I like it deserves all this success, and it's been so cool to like watch it blow up. And I am still shocked that you wanted to talk to me because I was like, "This this dude's fucking huge! Like, what? How did he? How did I get here?" (laughs) I'll say this: you, you got. You can roll up the
1: last 10 interviews I've done times it by fucking uh, Big Mac and you've killed them in energy, by the way. like You have have 10 times, 10 times in a Big Mac more than everybody else. Um, (laughs) Speaking of cartooning, so cartooning is very important to me and the aesthetics of Axel or John and stuff. And one thing I'm always able to do is I'm able to make a character's emote. Right. Like uh, make them look sad, make them look angry. So the acting is always I'm, I'm not the best at it, but I'm pretty good at it. You know, I'm not like Kevin McGuire or somebody who's like a master. But but if you're able to do that as a cartoonist, you can get away with a lot because you can zoom in on faces and, and hmm. deliver lines in a cool way. And with 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 Manhattan Projects. I was very silly with the drawing. It was kind of like more bulbous, more weird scientist aliens, and then then I'm kind of typecast as a as a silly artist or an indie artist or a quirky artist or an idiosyncratic artist. And on this, with it being a barbarian, and I know I want to get as many readers as possible, I knew it had to look cool for the first time. I knew that it had to look overly manly, and I was going to like hand that up, give him a hairy chest, give him a big mustache, give him a bloody face. And I was like, I'm going to make this to where when Marvel looks at it, they'll regret not looking at the weird science guy and offering him Conan, or they'll Hmm. regret not giving me the Hulk you know, because because I can do that stuff. And I wanted to show that I can do that stuff. You know, it's still weird. It's still a little crazy, but it's more <laughs> traditional superhero proportions, even though it's a barbarian book, you know? And I, I knew it needed to look cool. And I never... I never try to draw cool. I try to draw just the way I draw. And this was the first time I like sat down and aesthetically said, "I'm going to make this look awesome." I'm going to just make it as every chance I get. If he can slice somebody in half, or he can turn turn his axe sideways and splat somebody with the bug with the broadside of it, <laughs> then I'll get more gore out of splatting him with the broadside of it. And people will be like, "Oh my god!" You know. So that was super important to me, and I'm and that's probably what you're hinting at with how the two different like world building in comics. There's the main key is, you know, getting as an artist, you have your perspective correct, you have your character consistency, you have your acting. As a writer, you get to be like, when Frank's walking around, does this feel like a world he's lived in? When he's giving a piece of dialogue, is he speaking with history in this place? Or is he giving you obnoxious exposition that the writer needs to get out of their journal and onto the page? And so uh, I, I try to scrape the exposition out and try to get it. The, the, you, you put the exposition in with jokes or with asides or with timing or something, and that way it feels like it. There, it's you're in a world. You know, Brian K. Vaughn's a genius at it. Like if Brian K. Vaughn on Saga can have two people with television heads. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know what i mean and you believe it and you and you're falling around like oh, those guys having a bad day he's got fucking, <laughs> you know he's got fucking white static on his face and his dicks out you know what i mean like it's a, it's a it's like if he can if you can believe that dude you can believe this actual other guy you know what yeah. i mean if if you're, if you're good enough you know yeah so, hope, hopefully i'm hopefully i'm at least halfway there
0: how hard is it to emote a character that you've removed like a uh- of <laughs> uh, uh, not not quite a fourth i get like a an eighth an eighth of his face i guess is <laughs> like i
1: just call he, i say he's a fa- i say he's a faceless barbarian and something design wise <laughs> with that is i knew this was going to be overly machismo and he was going to be like the best killer ever but then he's got this big mustache, which I associate with the symbol of masculinity. Well, I said, something's going to happen in this story to take him down a peg. So I was like, I'm going to shave, you know, the inverted Hitler, you know, like cut kind of right through his face and, uh, and slice him down. And I was like, I'll just take it all the way up his face and just basically scalp his face off. And uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because like, there is a bead in there, which you've read now, where you know, the, the legend, if the readers don't know, it's there was once a faces barbarian cursed to fall in love with the heads of his many victims. And Axe Wilder John is the story of, uh, of this barbarian in the world of monsters and mayhem who makes a precious discovery and soon finds out what a man is willing to lose in order to protect what he loves <laughs> most. Right. And what he loves most of these skulls, well, there's a moment where you see him actually like look at his skulls and he's got a sweet face, you know, and it's like, uh, it, it, that was the challenge. Can I, can I draw him like lovingly look at a skull when he has no, you know, when one fourth of his face is gone. And for me, that was like a super fun challenge. I don't know if I pulled it off or not, but it it needs to hit, you know, like that. Like if if it looks all messed up and he looks disgusting in that moment, even though he's missing his face, can the writing still carry it to where he is being sentimental in that moment? And if I can do that, then man, I can do anything, right? Like now I can just get to play in what world I want to and convey whatever I want. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, we'll see if readers like it. Uh, I think most people have liked it that have given me advanced reviews so far. So uh, I told my wife when we started, I was like, I know I'll draw the heck out of this and people will like it because of that. But if I can just get the story okay to good, then I'll have mm-hmm. a great comic. You know, I'll have a great comic if I do that. So if I can get it to the story to great, which I don't know if it is, but good to great, then I've got an evergreen, you know, that I'll make money on forever. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. That, that beat that you're talking about it. I, like, I'm not, I'm not even shitting you, man. Like when I, when I read that, like, I, like aloud, I was like, fuck me. Like, really? I was like, like, it was just like, because you get, yeah, you know, I read a lot of comics, you know, and I, I'm on a lot of press lists and stuff, and then I get a lot of stuff sent to me, and I get a, I get a ton of crowdfunding stuff sent to me, which I try to keep up with, but it's it's just all fucking impossible. Hey, you wanna, um, you, wanna you wanna,
1: you wanna like, uh, like when I first started, like, how how can I promote Axel or John? You go to the Facebook groups for crowdfunding, and it's like graveyards of, of campaigns. It's, it's <laughs> I was like, oh, this is where Axel is gonna be. Axel is like, I like thought, I'm a genius. I'm gonna go to a Facebook group and just share it. Wrong. Thousands of people have thought of. About that already you know so i imagine you're inundated with this kind of stuff all the time so i appreciate you even reading it for me man and having me on i really do so
0: no yeah it's honestly like my my pleasure like, i've been a, i've been a fan of yours like for for a while like like i said and uh i was i i was really stoked i'm always stoked stoked and i, I kind of think it's not fair uh, you know i think of people like you know jeff lemire uh who's like you know i'll just he tells these like really amazing stories and he has this he has this very uh, like a, a, a dirty baby that for, from like mill you know like f- from like the miller-esque kind of stuff you know like from frank and like you know like it's his own deal but it all kind of spins out of that kind of style um yeah, uh, yeah and
1: i actually love jeff lemire's probably one of my top three writers i love jeff lemire's stuff yeah. he's amazing yeah
0: and it's it's not fair when you guys can write stories this good and then make them look so damn good on the page like like i just i I feel like i've heard some other writers like make jokes and and they're just like god it's just not fucking fair (laughs) like they're like they're like i wish i could draw my own shit and now and a lot of people talk about the the money aspect too now you're paying a colorist and you're paying people to like help you and work on this but like oh
1: yeah yeah i'm used to splitting the money or um and so this i get all of it but not really because i'm giving like zoop takes 25 percent a net that's the total off top the Mm -hmm. next 25 percent goes to fulfillment and, and printing and shipping so i'm looking to clear like 50 of whatever that total is actually a little more than that because my art rep takes 25 and and i worked it out where zoop doesn't get a cut of the art sales so
0: okay
1: if i think this art sales are gonna be around looks like about 100k for the art sales so wow if i so i'll get 75k for that and it looks like i'll get at least 50 something from the campaign so I'll do like 125 and the, the coolest part about that is that I own the IP forever. I get to take it wherever I want. I could go sell it, I could keep it. I can, I'll i make money on it for the rest of my life. And now that I broke 50K on the Zoop side, uh, well, if I put 20 or 25K into this, it was a hundred pages long. Marvel, let's say on an est- estimate level gives you $300 a page. Well at 30, that means 30,000 plus 20 is 50,000. If I'm beating $50,000, that means I just got paid more than Marvel pays to own the, to own whatever I want to be the man and get to say, I'm the writer artist to make all the shot calls, hire my team, be the publisher of my own line, which now means I'm the which I have editors under me now. So it's super cool, man. Like, and I, I would challenge anyone with, any kind of sense to do the same. And if you're scared to do the same, then reach out to me and I'll, I'll give you the email list and see what you do. You know what I mean? Like, don't start from zero, come over. I, this is what I want. Nothing. I just want you to do your best work, you know? So I've told, I've told a lot of buddies already and they're kind of interested already. So, um, yeah, I'm tired of like, I have this joke I tell, you know, and I'll, I i do not know if you've heard it or not, but it's, this is what made me decide to be a writer in comic books. Cause I got, when I got sick of them getting too much credit, that was super annoying for a while. <laughs> but, but here's here you go, All Is riddle me this? Riddle me this, Blake. Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, Brian Michael Bendis, Robert Kirkman, Matt Fraction, Donnie Cates, and at least fifteen others of your favorite writers. What do they all have in common? Do you know what they
0: have in common? They would write the comic all by themselves, or they'd make it all by that's what people believe anyway. They no, do no, 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 no. no.
1: No, everyone is a failed comic book artist. They all tried it and they quit. So if I'm, all I am is all those guys shit! I'm just all those guys with a little less quit than me. So if they can do it, I can do it too. You know, they all wanted, all those guys started out trying to be comic book artists, but they quit. And they said, I'll just write them instead because I don't want to keep, I don't want to grind for the next 15 years and, and get there. Or they tell themselves they can't. They could have writings a lot easier than than drawing but a lot of times man there's there's even there's some big guys out there that don't even give you 50 50 of your creations man and that's that's wow. weak. when you're drawing writing and or when we, we're storytelling it and we're I mean if this was a movie I am the Set designer. I'm the characters. I'm the. I'm, I'm the. I'm the costume designer. I'm the actors. I'm the actors' ability to act. I'm the special effects. I'm all the awards at at the uh, the Emmys. All the awards at the at the Golden Globes. They're all mine as an artist, except for screenplay, which no one even calls up to the stage. But in comics, they put the screenplay guy as
0: all those things that don't mention us
1: it's fucking inverted you know what i mean so i said uh eh, i'll just i'll just try to write and draw one myself and see how it goes you
0: know yeah i mean i i hear you as a as a reviewer i try really hard to give credit where credit's due and then even we can't win sometimes man like i i you know how i i've reviewed since i launched Blake's buzz i've i've reviewed over 100 comics now and and I've I switched my deal to Substack, and now I'm doing like Substack reviews, uh, like a blog hybrid thing. But uh, you know, like you know, you know how hard, and I appreciate letters, and they do so much, and when they do things well, like it really heightens the book. But like after over a hundred reviews, like the fuck do i say about letters anymore and so like that's one of the hardest things and i always i always want to like throw them out there because i want more people to know that like the, the letters the colorists like the artist is great right the writers are talented the dialogue pops whatever you know these stories are good but, you know, these those two, those two people need help to create this whole endeavor. Right. Like, unless, like I said, like they're doing, unless you do it all by yourself, but you still have a colorist, you know, which, and your colorist is killing it. Like your art. Yeah, yeah. And I, and
1: I, and I'll say this, man, I'm guilty of it too, because like, I've done like, let's say 20 interviews, 25 interviews, trying to promote the book, every channel, any, no, no, no nothing's too small. I'm going to do them all. I'm going to sell as many books as I can while I can. But I'm like, sometimes I do forget to mention Mike. Sometimes I do forget to mention the editor the letter, you know, which since we're here, Mike Garland's amazing. <laughs> my my editor, Chris Stevens is amazing. He's the one that's going to oversee my Karachi line for me uh with all the other artists that are coming on board and then farin delgado's adding so much to the art by uh, incorporating like almost hand-drawn uh sound effects over the over the action mm-hmm. sequences the splats and stuff and axe Wilder, which he heightens it so those guys are amazing and uh you know guys
0: like blake that just
1: forget what to say
0: it's true <laughs> <laughs> But it's funny because so like one time, uh, one one time they didn't really like call me out, but someone was like, hey, like, can you like rewrite your your blog entry and mention our editor? And I was like, I really like I liked him a lot. And I was like, okay. And so like I added the editor and did all that, you know, no, no one's there. I was like, I didn't know I'm supposed to put the fucking editors in there, man. Like I've only, I've been doing this a year and, and I, I peep a lot of the competition, like from the bigger blogs and stuff. Cause I like knowing I'm a better writer than them. And like, you know, but I, when I do that, I'm like, man, they're not, they're not talking about the editor. It's a lot of the, a lot of the bigger sites, are, it's, it's artist and writer, like, and they don't like yeah. the colorist and like, there's one, there's one company and I won't throw anyone under the bus, but when they were sending out review copies they've stopped doing that but uh it was i had to like google and hunt and sometimes message the creators on twitter or something be like who's your fucking letterist like it's nowhere like i like why is i I, and it's and that's i like it's not even in the review copy they they sent me like the next time
1: uh the next time a creative writes you to say mention the editor um go to your inbox and hit delete and then go to your spam folder after you hit delete and hit clear and forget about it don't ever do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then uh and one time i got called out by uh i I posted uh an omnibus on like uh, because i post like stuff i get in the mail because i i buy books like a fucking madman and uh because like getting things in the mail makes me happy right so i i don't know when i'm gonna have time to read this shit because i'm always like reading your guys's stuff before i interview you. <laughs> i never get to read yeah. the stuff i buy but i like post i was like this omnibus looks so great like you guys should pick it up and the book designer like hopped on and was like you need to credit the book designers and da 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 and i was like twitter only gives us 240 characters man like i'm doing <laughs> what i can here like I, I posted a picture of your book i said it was cool like i'm sorry i failed you and that this was like way before like i ever started podcasting or anything and some of my friends still give me shit they'll be like They'll be like, oh, Blake, that was a real good review, but I don't see anything here where, about the book designer. Like, I thought we talked about this. <laughs> and I'm like, go ahead. Speaking of
1: which, uh, Axel or John, we got Little Bird's book designer, Ben Dider, putting the final product together. So, Ben Dider, shout out. You're amazing. Just, just that's so a no beautiful one jokes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. 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 Well, that's what I said. I, like, I just I hired the team I wanted. I picked up Little Bird and I was like, this is amazing. And it was the hardcover. It was the hardcover. And I was like, man, these, these chapter break illustrations. So, like he's gone in and done that but he's putting the book the final book together so our actually hardcovers are look really nice. I know it's not reflective of that early reader PDF that's Frankenstein that you read but uh, the actual final product I promise will be good It won't be a bunch of jpegs glued together, you
0: know. It was it was cool though. I I've, I've never gotten a review copy like that. So like when I'm like all into the story and I'm like fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah and then you get like <laughs> thumbnails and I'm like what happened, Son of a bitch. <laughs> but I mean basically what what you did there is uh, most of the review copies you sent out, I'm pretty sure you sucked us all in good enough to where we're like, Well, we got to get that final product, baby. Like, I got to be on that backer list. I got to get this hardcover to see these couple of pages was, that I'm missing. It's been like
1: really good for interviews because, like, uh, which is crazy because I'll like send it a couple of sites have covered it, you know, and they'll like clip instead of show the art from the book that's like all finished and nice, they'll like show like. I have a, car- I have a bi- bad guy that I just call butthole monster in the script. And everyone's like, <laughs> oh, the butthole monster. And then they'll like post that picture of a thumbnail of a butthole monster just because I it's a funny aside I had in the thing. So it's actually really good for process questions, you know. So uh, yeah. people have been digging it, which is cool. So I'm more embarrassed by it because it's not 100% complete, but it's, it's – for a for a oversized hardcover it's it's i feel pretty good about launching it the way i did i couldn't uh i did not want to lose my house by by drawing the last 15 pages you know what i mean like i had to launch it it was time my wife's like it's time to make some money dude
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh well i mean you know a lot of people pay extra money for that now with the with the substack surge you know and that's that's you know that's the content they're dropping you know you're you're paying this extra money and and you're getting some physical stuff mailed to you depending on what tier and who's doing it and blah 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 the law, but you know, the, a lot of people are, are are paying that extra money for the behind the scenes stuff for thumbnails for for process uh videos and essays and explanations and stuff um you know and and so i mean it, well you already said you're already running out of pages like you have too many pages almost but yeah I mean, we're, like we're, that's, we're that, that stuff's good back matter people like it
1: yeah we're uh for the pdf copy we're giving everyone who gets, gets the hardcover the pdf copy too just in case there's any delays in shipping or anything they'll get the pdf and the pdf is extended to over 200 pages Because Hickman got got an early draft with a bunch of thumbnails in it and he gave me some notes. So I'm going to scan that in, add it to the back matter of the PDF. And then for everyone, the PDF tier, they got like a 200 page document now. But then everyone in the hardcover tier was complaining. So I was like, all right, everyone that has the hardcover tier can have the PDF too. So no one can cry now. Everyone's happy.
0: (laughs) Oh, someone will cry. Nerds are fickle, (laughs) angry people, man. (laughs) But so, you know, you're cool, right? When you can fucking like send your stuff to jonathan hickman and get notes back right and so ladies and gentlemen you didn't hear this when i was setting up this interview i i mentioned to nick and i can't remember where i heard this online but it was like from people that had like a you know a website and stuff that like i we talk and and talk about like press and shit and i they mentioned something about how Nick and Jonathan had this falling out. And that's um, that was like the reason why Manhattan projects ended when it did. And and so I asked Nick, I was like, I was like, Hey man, like I really like Manhattan projects. If we talk about it, is it going to like, rub you the wrong way and nick was like what the fuck are you talking about and i was like i don't know man that's why you don't believe what you read on the internet never mind (laughs) so that's uh, that's cool you guys still have like this this relationship and that i was gonna ask like working from his scripts because you guys did um oh uh, you did uh red wing and then you did manhattan projects and so you've you've you know built from his scripts and you guys have worked together and told these stories together uh it did did that like help you in the writing process like you know working oh, yeah. with him previously
1: yeah yeah for sure well first off me and let's well, clear the air me and nickman are, are real close he's my <laughs> he's my number one guy in comics he's a reason why i work in comics i have a hard rule with him where like if you were there first for me and you gave me work at marvel when no one else was giving me work and you created manhattan projects that i still get paid ridiculous for to this day with our in print trade paperback sells and uh, like I will never like uh, you see, good hunting where they talk about why, uh, will hunting is. Uh, still hanging out with the losers and stuff, and it's, uh, and then Robin Williams is like, he'll take a bat to any of you, you know, mepers, you know. And that's how I feel about Hickman, man. Like I'll defend Hickman like that to, to forever, you know. Privately, you know, we were working on a book for five years together, so you know everything's fine. There's, there's we have no, there's no like anything. Like we're, we, t- I call him for advice all the time. Um, <laughs> on Manhattan projects, we had switched to uh, full scripts for the Sun and Stars miniseries and uh but then he kind of couldn't get full scripts because he was so busy at marvel he was writing like these series where six artists were doing six different books and and like uh because they weren't all you know his big event stuff wasn't like one artist for the whole thing for most of mm. it it was like this guy so he's writing like issue one and issue four for a guy that's ready to start four and issue three for somebody else he was just too busy and when, and we were supposed to go back and do a bunch of mini series and we actually do have it planned but then it kind of fizzled and he got busy. And then we've had some multimedia stuff behind the scenes with Manhattan Projects that hasn't been announced yet. But he always said whenever when any of that really comes to fruition, if it does, then we'll come back and finish the series off. So we're, we're completely fine as far as that goes. And then as far as like plotting with Hickman uh, early on in Manhattan Projects, we plotted out the first 20 issues, which I'm really proud of those first 20. And when I mean plotted out, I mean like we laid out five sheets of, or 20 sheets of paper. We put this happens, this happens, this happens, and you just go along the whole, my hands don't fit in here, but we go along the whole (laughs) thing, like issue five, this happens, issue this, Fermi's this, Fermi paradox, he's an alien, just like, you know, because Fermi had the thing that proved that there should be aliens, right? And so like little things like that, we just... Plotted out, you know, when Einstein. You know, spoiler alert. You know, when 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 Barbarian Einstein comes back, he kills Oppenheimer, who just now won his mind back over and is good. You know, like stuff <laughs> like that. Spoiler off, right? So, um, like we knew that the day I was drawing that thing from day one. But how we got wow. there was how we got there was this way. Uh, then I'd get like, okay, and this, like have Fermi do something with uh, de galleon on the moon and they get in a fight or something. And then I got to draw it all out and I send it to him and then he puts his big words in their mouth. And then, then I get the next one, I do the same thing. But we were always, we always had guiding lights of those goalposts, those plot twists. But how we got there was a a tango, was a dance. Anyway, my art went or his writing went, we had to play off each other like jazz music.
0: Buzz, buzz, babies. We're taking a little break from that awesome interview you're listening to to talk about an awesome comic shopping experience I've stumbled across. Let me tell you about GagesComicPages.com. This is a family-owned mom-and-pop type shop, but they're all online. The Gage family is putting themselves out there and putting in the work so that people who don't have a local comic book shop can still get comics every week. These are good people. They ship quickly and securely, and shipping's free if you spend over ten dollars. Basically, if you buy three or more comics, shipping's free. And what's better than that? If you use the code BLAKESBUZZ, you get 10% off your first order. And if you want to pre-order something or make special requests, sending a message through their website is super easy. They can even make you a pull list. The Gages are great people with a great shop and a great outlook on nerd life, and I highly encourage you to check them out. Again, that's GagesComicPages.com
1: So with Wilder John, I thought if I could get those moments, like those twists in Wilder John, which are all plotted out through the series, I know that I can get myself to those plot points because I've done it once on Manhattan Projects. Now, are those good plot points? Are they surprises? I don't know. But I'm definitely thinking about how the reader's absorbing the story and not just how the reader's... Absorbing the story from panel to panel, meaning when you read a comic book, it's this panel, this panel, this panel, and as a comic book illustrator, you're like, is it clear? Is the background consistent? When this guy's head lops off, does it roll perfectly four lops and the guy's tongue's out? This is hilarious. I'm the best, right? (laughs) <laughs> now I'm thinking, you're right, like, that's as far as you think, because you're, you're in the moment. And the way systems work is there's a brain and there's an arm. And I look at Hickman as the brain, and I'm the I'm in those panels. I'm living those scenes, but he's got the whole thing in mind and how it's going to be delivered to the reader. And so for the first time on Wilder, I had to grow a brain and be like, okay, look at this thing like a system and not just live in here. Because so many, so many artists get a script, and they're just like, this guy does this, this guy does this, and they, they don't know what they're – there's no story there. Me and my wife talk about it. She's a writer. And it's like you. every time you start writing, you want to write like a guy smoking a cigarette in the rain and then you focus on the ground and there's three cigarette butts, and you're a genius because you showed he's been standing there for 15 minutes <laughs> smoking cigarettes, right? But you haven't written anything. You haven't written anything. It's just, unless a in like comic book illustration is kind of like that, where you're like doing these things, but you're not really thinking about the whole, you know? You're mm-hmm. just trying to do the cool thing. And I'm like, so now I just like, we can see my serial killer board back here. That's one of them up there where it's <laughs> like all the thumbnails for John. and They're like all around the room. There's like so many of them. But I plotted this thing out meticulously before I started, uh, just like on, just like we did on Manhattan Project. So yeah,
0: that's awesome. Well, first of all, I just I just want to correct you in that you you keep you keep saying I don't know if it's going to be funny. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if these beats are going to land. They they do. You did you did a really really good job writing this like i i can't say that enough and and even if there were a couple like and i don't know i don't i don't know i can't like even think of an instance but like the the only lulls i had was like when i just ran i got like a random script page you know like when yeah, because, yeah. Of, because of that you know and i was like i was like whoa but even then it was still kind of cool to like read read your script and kind of see how you're how you're doing I, that
1: I, I don't think i'm not going to source you for material as soon as this hangs up i'll be like all right what didn't you like so i can go back and adjust <laughs> it i'm making i'm making all the podcasters write this thing for me too i have no shame
0: no i i really like i loved like i thought all the dialogue was strong and again like all the 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 various twists and turns um the uh, the frank reveal was one of my favorite just because it was like i was was like why Why? like i did like why but also like yeah why not fuck yeah let's party you know like yeah Um, but and then and then the more the the emotional beat that's going to lead into basically one of my favorite parts of this whole comic was when i got to the end of it and it said to be continued basically and i was like fuck yeah because like i'm like you're building i was like yeah i want more like i i need more want more i'll back this again i'll be there for future campaigns or whatever i was, we gotta a, do I, to was
1: a, it. I was obsessed with that particular moment at the end and that like the one big bit of expositions that last double page spread with john in the red he's all and it's just like a block of you know whatever this is Axel or john he's coming to kill everything you know that kind of mm. thing um But I, the, the scene right before that with, because like the Frank reveal was like spectacle, you know, because it's not really the point of the scene, the, the fight on the bridge, not, not pointed. It's not the point of the scene. Mm -hmm. The whole point is, is what uh, I can't say, but the whole point is (laughs) it's a, it's like John's face, John's violence, John's curse to fall in love the heads of his skulls. It's how people see him from the outside. Right. And so like, As a storyteller you get to do the stereotype thing where people see him from afar and he loves these skulls and you get if they get close he hurls an axe at him like this guy's in love with the skulls right so a legend grows right and so um, with the frame narrator, Basil, uh, she's actually going to be like a main character later on, but she likes John she wants, she's like his apologist, you know? So what she's doing, because she opens, drawing a book for him about him, she's telling his story in a, in a prettier light, a nicer light. She's his apologist. She wants to put him over as a hero. And eventually John finds that and he's got to learn to be a hero and not just a drunk and a killer and all the stuff I say. So uh, and it, there's a bunch of stuff I've worked in that that are like plot devices, like Frank's walking around with a clipboard uh, as he's checking all of his devices. And Frank's the executioner and it's his last day. I guess your readers don't know this, but it's his last day and he's double checking all the torture devices before he retires. But that clipboard comes back into play in a major way basil's comic comes back to play in a major way there's not anything any device i'd put in there that it's not going to come back and be a material thing in the book so i'm excited for people to see how meticulous uh it's put together like a clock you know um but but people will only see i think on twitter or they're going to just see the blood splatter and the cool art which is fine too but i I really want them to be like whoa this this is this guy isn't just uh you know gore porn you know craziness he's actually got (laughs) He's got something to say. You know what I mean? So. He's a
0: blooming onion. He's got layers, baby. Like <laughs> yeah, we got, we got pull, Pull him back and learn more. That, again going what everything you just said and, the, and that this is like one of your first major scripts that you're writing you you're, you're fucking pulling off a successful frame story right so like you got you got a frame story going on you've got you've you're, you're you've got this trail of breadcrumbs that you're ready to bring us back to and like you said the art that you've shown like is is like it's it's funny to call your art beautiful because it's so like bloody and chaotic and <laughs> yeah. fucking nuts you know and and just gruesome but it, it is like it's it's fucking art it's beautiful there's there's not a lot of art is pulling off what you're doing right right now with with as many bodies on the pages with action looking so smooth with limbs flying everywhere and and to like make everything so detailed and crisp like dude you're you're fucking really good and like this this plot and these the pacing and the structure is equally good and yes you are lured in with the bloodlust and you're like yeah i want to watch this giant dude fucking murder these lizard people all day like mm-hmm. yeah i am here for it but once the story progresses and then you're like, whoa like i want to know more about john and i want to know more about some of these other characters you know and it, which you've now told us that you're going to murder everybody viciously <laughs> which is kind of terrifying but i mean yeah there's there's so many more reasons so you're going to you're going to come for the bloodlust but the story's going to bring you back the story's going to bring like you know a few months later when you're telling your friends about like dude this fucking awesome comic i got from nick you know i'm going to read that again i haven't read it in a couple months i'm gonna pick that shit back up you know like that's what's going to bring Bring people back is your successful storytelling and so like i I really hope you like take that to heart man because you've there's a lot of work here and i appreciate it and it's a lot it's it's really good and it's better than a lot of stuff i'm seeing come out from big two or big three or big five however you want to call it Uh it's it's gonna stick out and it's gonna stick out because it's a huge giant hardcover as well, but it's gonna stick out when people like really get to experience it and and see what you've done for the last two years. And there's there's a lot of heart and charm and effort in there, man. And you see it in every single panel, and you really do, and I like it, it very, very much impressed me.
1: Well, I appreciate it, man. It means a lot. Um, that was the thing I was most worried about, and uh to hear your enthusiasm for it uh means a lot. So thank you.
0: I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I'm like I said, I'm just stoked, And, and I'm glad I'm glad other people are stoked too because, like, I mean, you know, put, put your money where your mouth is, right? Well, well I'm just I'm
1: terrified <laughs> there's you know, a like, lot of like money well it's a, such a big campaign now i'm like oh god this thing better be good you know because i pumped this thing up for a year and a half like I, i've either blown a lot of smoke up people's ass and i'm full of shit or or i'm going to deliver and i just really wanted to deliver and if i can get like like a, it was really important to me that last beat the middle beat where the we, we see john in a different light and mm-hmm. that last beat where you think it's something and then all of a sudden you, you realize why you were following these guys around the whole time because I gotta get the A pot and B pot to touch. And I really was obsessed with getting it to touch at the very end. And then like, and I want the readers to be like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like, oh no. John's coming, you know, and like uh and he's coming to fuck with these two lovable henchmen, you know, that you kind of, you kind of are endeared to now, you know, it was important yeah. to me. And so like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously lots of stuff there and uh, I don't want to be too like spoilerly, but I don't think that spoils anything like no, the no beats either. were important and really you can say like John's got a big heart or whatever and no one nobody will get this twist in the middle of the book. It's impossible. Mm. And, and, and like, and here's the thing too, like one of my challenges to myself was could I pay, take every trite element and make it work? Could I take a frame narrator? Could I take a frame narrator that shows up in their own story? Could I take a, a henchman on his last day of work? And could I take, so I took like everything I liked that people say you can't touch because it's, you know, uh, it's just, everyone's done it. And I was like, nah, I can do it if I like times it by 10. <laughs> if I do it 10 times bigger than so-and-so did it, then I can do it, you know, then, then, and, and that's actually a little hint right there at what, uh, what i told myself when i started so
0: yeah well they say like great writers right is you don't you're not afraid of cliches it's just you have to make the cliche work for your narrative right and if you can yeah. if you can do that that's a sign of being a great creator there one of my favorite parts was I again like there's so many great things to pick out but i i will go back to frank because i just i love i love frank and i love that dot di- because that's you go from like bloody smash fighting violence and like these really quick wonderfully flowing actions scenes and john doesn't talk a lot so like a lot of the dialogue comes from these uh, these other guys and that's also kind of how we we figure out more about john through them you know talking about how much they can't stand him and why he's a pain in everyone's ass i was obsessed with
1: that i was obsessed with that actually because i'm a big fan of unforgiven and if you know, I don't know if you have ever seen the movie Unforgiven mm-hmm. with Clint Eastwood, but in the the whole thing, and no one ever points this out, but I'm obsessed with it. Everyone is talking about themselves, and everyone's talking about William Money, who's Clint Eastwood. But Clint Eastwood never says anything. He just go. They say, you know, you killed women and children. He's like, yeah. I don't remember. Must've got lucky. (laughs) Everything's a deflection. He's like, so stoic. But then you have everyone else where like, I'm little Bill and I own this town and you have, uh, you have, um, English Bob and I'm getting a book written about me and it's a half lie. And everyone is like all obsessed with the lore of the man. Except William Money, doesn't want to own his past, he's unforgiven, right? And uh, and I thought, you're learning so much about William Money, and you don't know anything about him, but you're hearing everyone else say it, and everyone else's perspective kind of lights him up. And so I really like John being seen from the outside as one thing, and I really like he's a pain in the ass for some guys. And he's this to some people, and you're getting all these words put on him that are defining him. But also, is it a trick because I want you to trick you with something? Or mm-hmm. is it, you know what I mean? But because those things are true about him. So, but if I shine a different light, is something else true too? And I was, that was something I was really obsessed with. So I'm glad you pointed that out, at least in the writing.
0: No, well, I mean, I'm smart, man. <laughs> <laughs> what i do but there's there i loved uh so like you know i've done i've done a lot of jobs like that like i used to work in like the sweatshop bakery that like you know when people say like i work in a bakery they're like oh wow like (laughs) it's a nice cool air-conditioned place and there's flour dusted around and everything smells great now the place did smell great but like it was like 105 degrees in the summer like one day this chick passed out because it got too hot by the hearth oven like it was a big commercial bakery right worst fucking job i've ever had and and to this day my family still like man i miss when you used to bring all that free bread home all the time and i'm like yeah cool. i was like you know like i was dying inside for ten fifty an hour but i'm glad you missed the bread but anyways like it it reminded me of that kind of work of like people with with uh with clipboards walking around like oh you need to do this oh we got this is what i really love like oh we got a supply coming in later today and then we find out this we find out what the supply is right and i was like oh that's fucking genius but there was this great moment when frank Tells the new the newbie, he's like, "Hey, pull that lever for me," and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. and he pulls the lever, and like the the dude like falls in the acid. And I was I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "This is so like that juxtaposition of like real life blue collar shit to this fantasy no collar like bare chested you know torture yeah. shit like that was amazing. Like and and every well, every little moment of that is so pure, dude.
1: The, yeah, that blue collar stuff. So my dad's name is Frank. And my dad is a foreman. He's an electrician, and so he's a shaped about like Frank too. So, uh, so I, uh, so I just knew I wanted to have a foreman walking around a job site. And the way it works is, you know, John, John had previously raided the castle, and there's a there's a big there's a big cyclops who, you know, the oracle tells him he's going to get stabbed in the back, so he doesn't yeah. trust trust anyone. So he gets his old executioner out of out of retirement to oversee this new all the new booby traps because you know got the, the, the place got rated too easy so this is like the way the comic works it's like the eve of the 18th month renovation of castle blackrock and he's <laughs> and this guy wants to go home so he's he's training his replacement but i really thought that was a fun way to get the exposition across show two different personalities like the calm foreman and then the the green too excited guy you know and then develop them and they've got really big story arcs they don't all end great though, you know. They don't all <laughs> whoever you like the most might be the first to die. You know what I mean? <laughs> so,
0: um,
1: but yeah, I was I was modeling after my dad, who's a and my my brother's electrician. My other brother's electrician my other side of the family's all plumbers and so uh, it's what i would have done if i didn't get into art and i was about to out. ask
0: like how the fuck did you happen you're like everybody's I mean, like plumbers <laughs> electricians and you're like you're like i'm a badass artist
1: <laughs> i didn't i didn't draw in high school or anything but uh i, I got kicked out of my english class because i had enough credits to graduate uh they let you graduate with 22 instead of 24 and so i had 22 and it was halfway through the year. And I stopped doing all my work, so I was like, I already graduated. I'm done. Like I don't even need to go to these classes anymore. And I, it was the best decision I ever made because they put me in all remedial classes, and I got moved to remedial reading class where kids really couldn't read that well but I could read. And so in that class, there was the kid in high school who drew all the time and didn't do his work. And he was going to Cubert school. And I said, whoa, you can draw from your head. This is like magic. And I was like, man, I'll pick up a pen and I can do this too, you know, being competitive. And I started, you know, bought a drafting table, bought all the how-to books, started visiting him at the Cubert school and just was blown away about how talented all these kids were. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do this too. And that kind of like kicked off my career although other than that i would have been electrician for sure it's what it's what all my brothers are it's what my dad is and i was doing that in the summers and as a helper and all kinds of stuff so yeah that's definitely what i would have been and then the, the one thing i took away from that is that every morning he's up working hard and and i just figure like if I can work by drawing, what a gift, you know, that I don't have to work mm-hmm. that hard. And so every morning, every time I get a chance to draw, I just try to, put, try to put my all into it as much as possible, you know, because I know what it's like to be in a hot kitchen when I, I mean, not as hot as a bakery, but I worked fast food and I was the oven guy at Boston market. And <laughs> I was, you know, all kinds of stupid stuff, you know, and I'm like, man, this is drawing. This is what you want it to do. So stop being a baby and get up and or stay up all night and, and get your work done, you know, so that's important to me. So, yeah. I'm glad so, you picked see, up on the blue collar Frank in there because <laughs> that's definitely modeled after my dad.
0: Yeah, that's well, my my dad was a maintenance man uh, for for like a maintenance man janitor for many years, and then and then he was a bartender, and then that's how I got in the bar industry because like when I, I I was 21 years old, my dad was a bartender at a at a pretty poppin you know place in South Kansas City, and so he would never let me pay for anything and he would he would give me shit if i tried to pay even the even the bar owner like this guy Stu, man like he would i'd come in and he'd like throw me a shot of jameson and we'd be drinking for a while i'd be like Stu, what do i owe? and he goes you know you don't fucking pay anything here and i was like all right well, cool and so like you know I a 21 year old with like a free alcohol budget like you know bad decisions were made but you know like so i just I, I, my, I, my dad. I've been like, I used to help my dad when he was a maintenance man, and and then my dad put this fascination of the bar industry, and then I was a bouncer, and and was a bouncer for seven way too long fucking years because these people kept being like, oh yeah, we'll we'll make you a bartender one day, man. Like, oh, you could be good <laughs> at it. You're so good with people, and and, and you know. But I mean, I did. I will say, like i I never got to be a bartender, but I did get to help behind the bar a lot, and I, I know how to talk to people. And these days, like uh, knowing how to talk to people is making Blake's Buzz pretty fucking cool. So things no, happen for I'm a reason, t- right? Like I'm telling you, man,
1: you're you're electric on the mic, dude. The energy's great. So yeah, uh, you never know how to handle a lot of these. You know, some some people are quieter, some people are more methodical, some people. Are, but you just come out with a ball of energy, man. That's the way to go. So I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get with this.
0: So <laughs> that's what I try to do. I try to like pump people up. I've, I've been scared and, and, and I'm always worried about like getting somebody where, where it's like, you know, you, where you got to like carve information out of them or something, you know, like, you're like, Oh yeah. Like this was really cool. Like what, what was your process there? He's like, yeah I saw it in a dream, I guess, <laughs> you know, like I'm always worried, but I've, I've, I've so lucked out. I haven't had anyone like that. And, and I usually vibe pretty well with the people I talk to you. Know, so I, I think it ends up being like, a good conversation and i'm just a fucking nerd and i get excited about it. I, I wouldn't interview someone if i didn't like your stuff like i would, yeah. I'd, i'm not i'm not the best liar you know <laughs> like I, would, that's something, so I gotta be uh, honest
1: that's something my rep says about me he's like oh you're pretty personable he's like not all he's like some of these artists they're like introverts <laughs> like you can't expect them all to go out there and sell or promote or whatever i'm like no they're i'll make them all sell and promote if they come join you know but yeah <laughs> uh he's always like well you're you're, you're pretty good at interviews so he, he's like go ahead and keep in, taking interviews whatever but yeah man I'm, you're electric on the mic man
0: well hey I, I, I appreciate that and and like you're super easy to talk to as well and i was i was kind of nervous just because like i always get well i always get a little nervous before every interview but like i mean you got you have this monster campaign and like you know like is you're you're a well-known artist and you've worked with like you know you've worked with people that like everybody's obsessed with and you know and and I was just like, you know, I was like, man, is he going to think I'm cool? Like, <laughs> <you> know, like <laughs> That shit always like comes, comes across. I'm always nervous. So like, hey, so, yeah, of, you're, you're all, easy out to out talk. Out of all things. my
1: interviews I've been on. You're the only one I go out drinking with at a, at a if we see it at a show, all right. all uh, the ones, yeah, right? Man.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Dev, that's I'll I'm gonna print that out, put that on the refrigerator. <laughs> like that's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, so I guess I I do want to ask though, and and i you mentioned it kind of earlier, and we, we went because I know you said a lot of other people have, have asked you this, but like that that choice between Zoop and Kickstarter, and we're seeing this more when you know when that announcement came out, you know, a few months ago about you know the blockchain and stuff which i'm still very like ignorant about and i don't understand so i'm not going to talk about it because i'm dumb
1: i'll talk about it, i'll talk <laughs> about it. i don't it doesn't bother like the blockchain reason is not why oh really I, I, I it doesn't affect me i don't i mean if that's your prerogative not to buy because you don't know about the future of blockchain or whatever or don't like it that's fine but that wasn't that that wasn't my decision making when 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 Kickstarter reached out, they asked me specifically, if we gave you this premier spot, is it okay? Or we, is this a waste of a phone call because of the uh, blockchain stuff? And I said, I don't, that's not really my decision-making. My decision-making with Zoop was really simple. I pay them a little extra. They line up the printers, the fulfillment center. They do the customer service. I've got a team of four or five people that I say, fix this, do this, do this. And they jump and do it. Uh, I do. They, they hold the money. I don't even get the money. They hold the money plus 15% extra for their cut, for the printer's cut, for all the third-party distributors cut and 15% just so they don't lose the money. And I only get like a, a a 35% cut at the beginning of that total. Then I get sent the leftover just to make sure that all customers get their books on time. Or if I'm not on time, the second I get the thing in, the distributors are paid, the printer's paid, uh, everyone's paid. So if you go with, if we just went with Kickstarter and you were overwhelmed, you didn't know how to deal with printers, you didn't know how to deal, with, you know, God knows there's so many things that come up, how to make a trading card, how to get inline foil on in a trading mm-hmm. card, how to get packaging. How do you get foil packaging printed on a trading card? How do you get custom boxes made? Those are emails and stuff that you don't want to be dealing with that I can send them a message and say, can you get a quote for this? Get a quote for this. And I got a team of people working for me. So as a customer for Zoop, you should be like, holy crap, my money's not even going right to this guy yet. It's actually going to the book that he's not going to get to touch because they're going to make sure this thing's fulfilled. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a new platform, so I get it. You got to realize what it is but it's kind of, it's the perfect model for creatives because Kickstarter wasn't set up for people to make books. It was set up for like all kinds of stuff, right? But this this company specifically is run by the guy who ran the Berserk campaign, the the really popular yeah. um, Keanu Reeves campaign. He took his knowledge after running that campaign and created this extra company where it's like, let's do all the things that we're learning how to do for creatives and take a little extra take a little, took a little extra chunk and now as a creative you're like well i'm not going to get that extra kickstarter traffic or i'm not going to get that but once you look at if your product is good enough then the people will come like that's mm-hmm. that's what i thought and it, they kind of proved it with the john paulion hardcover they did that for free they didn't take their cut they, they're fulfilling it they're doing everything for it and i thought that was really generous and i thought that's pretty cool and they it was almost a two hundred thousand dollar campaign yeah it'll be the second it'll be their second biggest campaign behind Axel to john which is very nice for that which is very nice but but like but the product was good enough and then use your own mind and figure out how to market it get the right advertisement Blake buzz reaches out you do the show uh, comic tropes does it like obviously to me i know who's got the power it's all the reviewers make an early review copy get it done uh it's a like cbr it's get on the popular youtube shows get on the unpopular ones that are going to be like blake buzz is better than everybody so in like five years you keep doing this when you've got 150 thousand subscribers then i'm already endeared to you then I, that's good because i'm going to have my fourth book out at that time right <laughs> so, so 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 don't tell anyone no and sell this thing as much as you can you know and if you come at it with that mentality like a business then you can win you know develop you develop relationships and then like some of these smaller not you're not this small but Some guys are just got a blog or thinking about getting into it and they want to review it send it to them send it to them let them review it don't don't say well you don't do nothing for me because that you've been in the industry for 10 years you see all those guys come up and they become writers they become editors they're youtube and i really think the future of promotion and comics is any of these big youtube shows can write write a thing because you have audience that's endeared you for all the free content they've been getting and like, if you start a show now and in five years, think how big it'll be, you'll be writing comic books for forever because you, you're building, and we're all individual entities. Uh, social media for all of its failings also made us all the focus. So you can wield that to you, to your advantage instead of your disadvantage by running your mouth online all the time. You can just show your work off all the time and always push yourself and do better. You know, like, and or you can build an audience with a with a lot of energy and a lot of love of the medium and, and a lot of reviews and a lot of cool content. And then pretty soon you're you just be winning so and 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 now i haven't done that so i've got to make sure i reach out to all those people that have started that and i can piggyback off of them and tell them thank you and appreciate them and use you know and hang out with them you know and it's it's well worth the time
0: so yeah well i get i, I would love to see the look on someone's face if they told you no and then I, well, I can't imagine anyone telling you no because you're because you're because of your backlog of awesome comics, but like someone who's like, nah, we don't we, we don't have time to cover this, or I, I can't fit you in, and then like, oh, they like, oh, made you my- made two hundred thousand dollars. Oh, book two coming here, out. Here, like, hey, here you go, here you go. <laughs> here you
1: go, here you go. This is for you. You can, he want you tweeting this at me. You can say Nick was at 150 before he came on Blake buzz, right? Like you, 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 you say that because we're going to get to 200 because my art rep's going to sell like 30 or $40,000 more worth of art. So like there has been a few that didn't get back. Right. I, I didn't reach out because I don't, I don't want to reach out. I let Zoop reach out or my editor reach out. There's been a few that haven't, but man, they could have bragged that they turned this into a two hundred thousand dollar campaign if they had. <laughs> so I got to give credit to everyone who uh, everyone who made this big was all the YouTube shows that had me. So. I'll tell them all, hey, you turn it from twenty to sixty thousand. You're gonna turn it from one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. So thank you for that fifty thousand dollars. Like I appreciate.
0: it. Hey, that's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I always make that joke sometimes when like people come on the show and I'm like, like at the usually at the end I'm like, uh, you know, like, I'll tell them, like when you get it, we'll release it and I'll tag you and da da da. And it's like, you know, we do this and then I make you rich and then that's it. You're good to go. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not really gonna make you rich, but like you know, I I like to think I help. A little bit, I, you know, I, I, I think my audience uh, knows that I, I know what I'm talking about, and and they also know that like if I like a book, I actually read it and, and probably bought it or at least okay. spent my hey, time wait, wait, researching. Wait, wait. It. I just
1: realized, are we enemies right
0: now? are we, <laughs> yeah. enemies? Are we mortal enemies? Can <laughs> Kansas City born and bred man, I was I, I love the Chiefs even when they broke your heart every fucking season. <laughs>
1: Hey, and now it like, doesn't you, even make you, sense
0: anymore. Now I'm like, and the the new <laughs> the new world of Patrick Mahomes is is gnarly.
1: <laughs> you guys lost Tyreek, dude. Without that field stretcher you dude.
0: I, I, I we none of us like. Like it was a sad day for Kansas City. Like I thought. Yeah, then that was a bummer. But I mean, I no one asked me about it though. You know, they didn't call me up to like Blake. We're thinking about getting rid of Tyreek. Hmm. Like, what do you think? I would have been like, no dummies like but you got like two, you got
1: like two top draft picks for them, though right you got a lot didn't yeah you? we got I'll a, we got a got. lot
0: of we got a lot of like technical stri- strategery shit
1: save <laughs> money and it's some draft picks, pretty good yeah you know for a for a four foot 11 receiver. So no
0: <laughs> and, and, and P I've heard people say the same thing too. Like, you know, he, he kind of wanted to leave. It sounded like, and, and why like, would he want to leave? Like yeah. you realize Mahomes Mahom makes him, he's going <laughs> to go with a two or whatever. That guy's not going to get you the ball. Yeah. Come he's not, not going to get the plays like he used to, but, and I, I mean, I guess I kind of get it, but also I, I don't, I understand these guys are modern day gladiators and they wreck their fucking bodies. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that they say, yes, they make millions and millions and millions of dollars, but they also age very poorly and the, their, their future isn't great like biologically it, that that sport ruins your body basically you know the longer you stay in it and so i understand wanting to make the money that respects that sacrifice but also man if you're forgetting if you're 30 whatever million dollars and 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 you don't get two million dollars more well we went two million is really gonna fucking hurt you man you're getting 30 million a year like or whatever he got like 27 point i don't remember what the actual number was but like, i can't even imagine that money it's like thinking oh. of being eternal right i can't even think of like living for an eternity i can't mm-hmm. think of like the amount of money like professional sports people make like it's, it's fucking insane so but yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. a bummer and i i you know like i i hope i hope things work out you know good for him and i hope things work out better for us though so <laughs> yeah
1: yeah well, I'm a, I'm a Charger fan. One because I played for them in Little League. You know, I was a uh, you know I played for the the Chargers, and from fourth to like seventh grade until high school. football oh, nice. started. But but recently, you know, I've I've run a fantasy football league. We have like an auction draft and stuff. And I was smart enough to take old Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen's a machine with the numbers. So mine's more of a statistical reason <laughs> and for my fantasy football league. I'm, I don't actually follow them all that much. So. Uh, the Chiefs are awesome, but I, I do like the, char- I do like watching the Chargers a little bit for Keenan Allen and, and company. So
0: yeah, I just like watching football. Like I don't, I, I don't, I'm not like as crazy. Like I know I always watch, my family gets together for Chiefs games, right? Like my sister and I can cook. We make these dinners. Our friends come over. That was like the only thing that like helped us survive quarantine really. Cause my buddy and his wife, um, they, they were really careful, right? And my family and my sister was really careful. And so we actually got away with like being able to get together on, on Sundays and have a dinner and like you know it wasn't no one was like by themselves all the time and so like it just it was kind of really helped uh you know the weirdness of quarantine was like we had chiefs sunday to look forward to or monday or thursday depending on on the week so yeah it was, it's always been big on my family and um i was born the night the royals won the world series in 85 like my my nice. doctor my doctor told my parents that i would be out of the womb by 6:30 cuz he had tickets to the game <laughs> so like so like he literally like like i i popped out i this is what my the story they tell like i popped out i peed on my dad and the doctor like took his gloves off he was like all right later good luck and the nurses (laughs) and the nurses took over so yeah like as as heartbreaking as kansas city sports is a lot of times like it's just I can't, I can't get rid of it. It's like it's in my blood. So,
1: (laughs) well, you guys got a Super Bowl, so that's nice, right,
0: dude? I still, yeah, we we got a Super Bowl, and and I was I was working at the bar when we won the World Series. I I would turn to. I turned 30 that year when we won the world series man and i dude i still remember it was like a horde of zombies from any horror movie right like and they're all like people in blue or shirtless with blue paint on them and they all like just stumbled drunkenly like through the doors of this bar charlie hooper's i was working at and i've never seen more people like bar just filled up and i mean like we couldn't we quit cooking food because we had to make the cooks uh bring up beer because just like cases of beer would go instantaneously just boom 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 gone we (laughs) fucking ran out of ice i remember coming up to my (laughs) boss who's like my boss is hammered because he had already gotten off work and then this started happening and he like hopped in to help and he's like not helping he's like bumbling behind the bar and he's like (laughs) and i was like hey uh hey george we're out of ice bud and he was like we'll deal with it later. And I was like, Oh, what? All right, cool. <laughs> we'll deal with it later. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But then like, dude, the, like I, I made a lot of money that night too, but I mean, like I was like physically exhausted, but yeah. So anyway, like Kansas city sports is cool. And, uh, it's it's, it's inter- I love I, I like when other when you guys like sports too. I interviewed Charlie Stickney and he gave me shit about wearing Chiefs uh, Chiefs hat too. And yeah. I was like I was like oh cool because there's there's a lot of wrestling and comic crossover, but there's not a lot of like oh yeah, football yeah comic crossover.
1: Yeah, there's there's a there's a whole lot of wrestling. I I followed like early you know the Attitude Era wrestling, but the modern stuff I don't follow. I feel like it's a little forced in comics. I don't need my comics mixed with wrestling as
0: much. Not for <laughs> me. I I won't lie, man. Like I'm a single man, and when some of these guys post like these like gorgeous like what used to be like ring girls, but now they're like actually wrestlers, and they're like kicking the shit out of each other and like jumping on the top ropes and doing all the shit. And I'm always like, man, maybe I should get back into it. But then my buddies like, no, the female
1: wrestlers are looking, they're looking nice these days. They are, (laughs) yeah. they learn how to market them for sure.
0: Yeah. So I, sometimes I want to, I want to check that out, but there's like, there's like three or four shows a week. And like, I just, I just can't commit to that, man. Like I got my own, like, I love Blake's buzz. I love doing this, but it, a lot of, and I didn't realize it when I started the, the time like it just takes time. It just, you, you know, like I do a couple interviews a week. I work all day, get off work, do that. And then I'm like, I got to read these other comic books. And then I'm, I'm a big procrastinator. Like, so there's a lot of times where I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm talking to this guy tomorrow. And I was supposed to read like 30 issues. Whoops. And then like, you know, so, you know, stuff like that. But, Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, I, it's hard for me to find another hobby, you know? And like, did you, uh,
1: (laughs) did you follow, uh, the Pat McAfee show on YouTube at all? Uh -uh. You ever ever follow him? No, Uh, he's he's cool. He does sports coverage, but he's the ex punter for the Indianapolis Colts. And he's like taking, he's taken over the sports casting game from YouTube. And, uh, but he, he kind of got worked in WrestleMania and it's a, it's a pretty cool story. So if you were like, like, like if you ever want to get interested in sports and WrestleMania crossover, uh, he started interviewing some wrestlers on his show, like, you know, Vince McMahon, Brock Lesnar, and he had a wrestler come in, and I don't know his name, but he was clearly insulting him, but it was a work, you know, and they built a feud on his YouTube show, and he got to fight in WrestleMania, and he, dude, this old, oh, I mean, wow. this, he's not an old guy, but this punter, dude, he, he kicked ass, dude. He was coming off the top rope. He was doing fucking moonsaults. It was incredible. And I haven't, I, like, I haven't, like, it was, in, it was like this guy's like a, a punter, you know? Like, this guy can't do anything, dude. He, you could tell he trained for like two years for this moment, dude. It was awesome. So look it up Pat McAfee's, like, WrestleMania journey. It might make you choke up it's fucking good
0: dude that's cool that yeah i do a I do a weekly so like i do a podcast a week and i also do a, like a wednesday night live stream where i try to focus more on like um you know kickstarter stuff and and you know current campaigns to help help give people like a, a means to shout out but they're like dude kickstarter doesn't fuck around like my podcast audience is is getting bigger but there's a whole other audience that's not on twitter that's not on facebook that's not on social media that still watch youtube stuff and it's like yeah you know like it's it's uh, it's a market that you need to tap like if if you want to if you want to get bigger if you want more people to know your name and so i'm trying to start doing that too but yeah i don't know i haven't had any no one's asked me to go to wrestlemania yet but maybe one day (laughs) shoot for the stars right (laughs) yeah yeah well nick man this dude this was awesome and like i really appreciate you like uh coming by to to talk and and uh i really appreciate you just making awesome comics because i love reading them and I want you to keep doing that like forever and ever and ever. Like, please. I I hope, I hope your wife lets you, I hope, you know, I hope the, I hope the strain on the marriage and, and you know, the, the money aspect, I hope that all like comes in. Cause you know, she's, she's, she's got, she's got to notice. Like hey, my, my, like my man's killing it. My man's killing she's it. Hap- right now. She's happier now. Like she's, she's
1: <laughs> like, in, she's like, in the she's like in the real publishing industry. And she went out to dinner with some writers the other night and they've had like, you know, like you know, five hundred thousand dollar book deals with publishers and stuff. And mm-hmm. my wife's book is like been out on submission. She's writing her second book. She's still really she's young. She's 35. So I told her it'll happen in time. But somebody a lot of people from the outside think, well, you're crowdfunding it. You're not a real creator, right? Yeah. You know, so they were like my my someone asked like, Oh, how's your husband's book doing you know your crowdfunded little comic book thing you know literary people and she, my wife she said uh, oh it's doing good and i was like you didn't tell him it hit hundred fifty thousand dollars? come on you know you I mean, didn't like, pull you up you the page and show him like oh yeah, here up the page like i i drew i drew a comic with a cleave guy's face off and i made hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> you know what i mean um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the, the vibe in the house is better. My <laughs> wife's always supportive anyway, but the money is nice. And, uh, shout out to Zoop and Felix comic art for, uh, um, changing the game for me so hopefully there's more to come so yeah and, and, and I, felix I appreciate... is
0: a good safe place to buy art too for listeners that are watching yeah
1: this. yeah he's awesome he's mails stuff out quick he's uh highly reputable and he's a dear friend to me so uh yeah uh, i bought thanks many, for having me on man many
0: years ago i bought I a santa luco page of ninja turtles from them so i've bought i oh, I, I, really? I, I, well, I have fun. bought from them and like it comes it comes super protected and it ships quickly and it's safe and they're like yeah it's they'll they'll take carry if you buy from them so
1: that's cool man that's cool yeah dude i appreciate you having me on brother this is fun dude this is one of the most fun uh interviews i've had so and uh don't don't hang up whenever we go because i want to ask you about the story i got some story questions for you
0: okay all right yeah and then uh all right so yeah so the polite podcast host that i am uh this is where i i, I ask you like where's the good place uh to find you and like keep track of you, future endeavors future comics like what on social media or website anything you want to shout out
1: I bought the URL axewielder.com. If you go to it now, it'll take you to the campaign page. When the campaign page is over, it'll probably go to a link for all the extra books I'm going to print. Uh, My social media is just Nick Patera on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Uh, If you are interested in the book, you can go back, just hit media and look at all the pictures I've tweeted out. To show the book off um yeah the, the campaign's going well it's my passion project uh i'm a new york times best cartoonist i'm an eisner nominated cartoonist and this is my debut writing and drawing a book and uh i came up i came up with the story when my when my first daughter was sick in the hospital and we kind of got stuck in the nicky for a couple of months and john kind of came to me in a fever dream as a hero i needed in a, t- in a time when i was uh stressed out about my kids so whenever she got healthy and she's all better now, I said, all right, I'm not asking anyone to uh, to make this book. I'm going to make this book like a man. And so that's where
0: Axel or John comes from. No wonder it's so good. That's a fucking origin story, ladies and gentlemen. You get out there, listeners, readers, fans of me, fans of Nick. If you haven't backed this campaign yet, we're coming for you. Better yet, we're going to send fucking John after you. You need to get this book. And, and I feel like we want to get it. On this go like we want to get the 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 crowdfunded one because it's going to have some special stuff It's going to be nice and oversized. You know, it's going to be you we want to be on the ground floor of this magical original graphic novel entity and uh, I you know, like I'm putting my money where my mouth is I, I've said numerous times that I I am only doing digital from now on just because things are getting too expensive but fuck all that shit. Cause I want this giant hardcover and I want to read it multiple times till my, till my thumbs dry out. And I wear my fucking fingertips off, man, like 110%. I'm 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 here for it. And I I truly hope that uh, this podcast episode, which we will be dropping this, this upcoming Sunday, I hope it gets you some more backers, you know? Uh, and I, I, I'm just proud to be a part of your campaign I'm, I'm glad you took the time to talk to me and and this was a very cool just a nerd experience for me getting to getting to talk to a, an amazing artist who's written some of my favorite comics and who's who may possibly be writing one of my new favorite comics time will tell but it's it's definitely up there because i enjoyed that review copy a lot
1: hey i appreciate it man thank you for having me on